Well, we are on this series on the kingdom of God, and I think it's vitally important to understand as we're getting ready to meet Jesus face to face what this kingdom of God is, because it's to be lived here and now. Uh, before I get in there, it's interesting, I read in the Washington Post um, this week, um, Sarah Kaplan on July 12th wrote this article, and this is what it says. The world is hotter than it's been a thousand, in a thousand years, and it's as if it's an, every alarm bell on earth were ringing. The warnings, the echoing through the drenched mountains of Vermont, we need to be praying for those in Vermont, where two months of rain just fell in two days, and India and Japan were deluged by extreme flooding. They're blaring from the scorched streets of Texas, Florida, Spain, and China with severe heat, a severe heat wave also building in Phoenix and southwest in the coming days. They're bubbling up from the oceans where the temperatures have surged to levels considered beyond extreme, and they're showing up in unprecedented, uh, still burning fires, wildfires in Canada that have sent plumes of dangerous smoke into the United States. And she goes on with this article, and, and it makes us wonder. I, I don't know if, if she's just kind of being extreme with the news or if there are some signs of the times that we need to be aware of, that there seems to be, our earth seems to be groaning. And we don't know, is this groaning of, of like pains birthing something or are we um, neglecting our earth and this is the result of our neglecting? I'm not sure, but I do know that there seems to be something happening. And in that something happening, we do know that um, in Revelation, we do see the t signs, the times we've been told about that. But at the end of the day, instead of looking at just the signs, I think that's important to be aware I think we need to be looking at Jesus, who is the one who can continue to guide us. And we need to be filled with his Holy Spirit as the one who can, in that still small voice, speak to us. And so today, we're, we're asking the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to have our ears to hear and our spiritual eyes to see what it is that he's speaking to us about the kingdom of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Last week, we talked about uh, the parable of the sower in understanding that um, the seed that Jesus is giving us, the sower is Jesus, and, and he's looking for fertile soil in which the seeds of faith can land. And we talked about that, that the soil is our heart, and are there things in our life that, that the, the stoniness of our heart, the paths that we've traveled on, that could it be that our heart has become calloused? And we really challenged you to say, God, what are, what are those things that I need to like reconsider? What do I need to cultivate to allow me to hear and see what it is that your spirit is doing? And hopefully you took some time and to respond to that. We're carrying on from that. And then Jesus goes on to say in the parable of, of the weeds... And this is a really interesting parable, and I'm going to share some things that um, might not be extremely traditional, but I do believe the translation from the Greek gives liberty to this. And so, so bear with me. The Bible says, test every word that is spoken, so I give you permission to test what I'm going to say today. So uh, take it for what it's worth. I'm trusting that I'm... Um, portraying what the Spirit of God is saying for us, but uh, at the same token, I do want you to um, pursue and ask the Lord uh, for yourself. But I just want to read this, the parable of the weeds. Jesus says this. 
He put another parable before them. This is verse 24 of chapter 13. Put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven, otherwise the kingdom of God, may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, do you not sow good seed in the field? Basically questioning, were there like already weed seeds in the, in the seeds that he was casting? How then does, how does it that we have weeds? He said to them, the enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then, then do you want us this is what they said. Do you want us to go and gather them? He said to them, no, lest in the gathering the weeds, you uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell you, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them in the bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, Jesus does go on to describe what this is, um, but I want to I make some... Um, some observations first on this that are going to be helpful for us. So in the, the times that we live in, understanding the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is to be lived here and now, which also means, we talked about this last week, that the kingdom of darkness can also be, hell can be lived now just like heaven can be lived now. Now, we see in part, we know that. We know that when we leave this body, our our. Uh, earthly temple, our body, we will be reunited with him and we'll get to see Jesus face to face. But until that time, we, we live in these, this function of body, soul, and spirit. We're three parts. It's interesting that if you think about the Trinity, you have God the Father, you have Jesus the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. And in many ways, there's, there's this um, almost parallel ideology of that we have our spirit person, our bodily person, and then our soul. And, and it's interesting, our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And um, it's important to understand that God has given us that soul, mind, will, and emotions, that he speaks to our mind, he um, communicates to our emotions. That's why I love, um, we will be doing another course in the fall called Emotionally Healthy Relationships, understanding what are our emotions, how God designed us with our emotions, and, and what is he telling us through that. Um, our culture doesn't like emotions. We actually medicate our emotions because we don't know what to do with it. I really appreciate Soraya sharing this morning. Very powerful in, in understanding that we need to give God our emotions, and in the midst of that, um, consider all joy, the scripture says, when we face trials of many kinds, because it does something in us. And she, she surrendered her emotions to the Father. And, and she, um, it was just beautiful. Where's Saraya? I don't know where you are. Saraya, thank you so much. Can we just give Saraya a hand? I know she doesn't want the credit for that, but she had to be faithful to what the Spirit was saying. And I, and I think this is what I'm seeing. When she shared her story this morning, that's, I heard in my spirit that this was like, church, this is what we need to do. We need to keep surrendering ourselves to him and then respond to what the Spirit is saying. And the Spirit was saying to her, you're, my power is made perfect in my weakness, and our world is not going to get any easier, church. Our world will continue to be uh, more difficult, and we need to know how to allow our spirit to rise to the occasion, not just our flesh. And so when we're talking about body, soul, and spirit, so, so our body is our flesh. It, it's 
truly what it is, and our flesh can can either be moved towards sin or we can be moved towards uh, righteousness. And, and our soul informs us and our soul can either move us into depression or we can do what Sreya does and, and move us into a place of peace because of the lordship of who we're saying who controls our soul. So then we also then uh, realizing that we have the spirit and our spirit can either live in, in the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of heaven, or it can live in the kingdom of darkness, which, is, um, which I would say is, is hellish and the kingdom of light is heavenish, right? And so we need to learn and understand. And my question for us today, and if you got um, our email, by the way, if you don't get our emails, just... I know it says on the app. By the way, everything that you do internally here, you need to go to the app for. Sign up for baptism, sign up for membership, sign up for groups. You want to get our newsletter, the section that says I'm new here. You can, by the way, you can do that now. I don't, I'm not offended if you want to just download our app right now. It's fine. Um, because the Bible is on there, all those things. But anyways, why did I get on that little side story about the crazy app? Body, soul, and spirit. So, so what we have to realize in training ourselves to do is we have to come underneath the lordship of Jesus. Oh, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. So we also realize that we have our, a good father, right? Our heavenly father. Jesus taught us to pray our father who art in heaven. But then we also have the father of lies, who is the devil, um, Satan. And, and I, oh, this is where I was going with it. I wrote in an email this morning to you. And I said, is it possible that we can live, be living in two worlds or realms at the same time? And I would say the two realms are the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And, and realizing this, this parable is going to speak a little bit to that. Now we know the father of lies, right? We'll, we'll, we'll speak things that will actually go with our soul or our spirit our flesh, right? And he will lead us, he will deceive us into making decisions that bring guilt and shame. Then, then we feel bad about ourselves and then we're carrying a lot of baggage and we don't have freedom and then we try to mask our feelings and then we spiral into a hellish lifestyle. Um, and then we have our father, our good father, um, who when we come to Jesus and he takes away our guilt and shame and I think he, he liberates us then we realize that we can, we can live in this kingdom of light, but we are still, there's two kingdoms. And we know the enemy is, has authority in this earth, in this world, right? He was cast down to the earth with a third of the angels, and so his demons, his fallen angels, are looking to devour people. The scripture says that he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He's like a lion looking for whom he will devour. And then we have the, the kingdom of light, those of us who have come to Christ, who are his light bearers, and then we have to be in this process of turning over the things that have darkness, and we want our light to shine bright. We don't want to be dulled. So then he's going on to this parable. So, so there's, there's two sowers. There's two sowers. There's a sower of good seed, which is Jesus. Jesus is always sowing good seed. So we go to the parable of the sower back, and he's looking for a fertile heart in which to receive that, that, um, the good spiritual nourishment. And it starts with the seed of the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he went to the cross, he took care of our sin. He set us free from the bondages of sin. That's good news. And then you have the enemy, which is also a sower, 
And he will sow discord, he will sow, sow deceit, and he will sow lies, and he will sow things into your life. And if we're not careful, it's going to produce something. See, the interesting thing, seed will always produce something. Seed will always grow. In, in kids who are here, you remember um, in grade school, you planted a little seed in a cup, usually about second grade or third grade, and you uh, probably second grade or maybe in first grade, and you watched it grow. Every seed has the opportunity to grow. But what are, what are we watering? And, right, and that's, the, that's the thing. There's seeds being planted, but then what's our response and what are we watering to allow what harvest to come to play? Now, when I used to read that, I would realize and then go in the interpretation, which, which Jesus says in a moment, I used to be like, okay, so, so those who, um, who are doing bad, um, who are bad people, they're going to be like the, the wheat, sorry, the other, the weeds that grow that kind of actually look like wheat, um, and, and they're going to be thrown in the fire, so they're going to hell, and then there's others, like they responded to the gospel, and they're going to heaven, but can I tell you that there are good people who do bad things, and there are bad people who do good things? Um, I, I, just like for you, a Christian. Most everybody is Christian here. By the way, not everybody who goes here is a Christian. I'm glad for that because not only are we getting ready to meet Jesus face to face, but there's three things that we do. We reach the lost, care for the least, and train the found. Last Sunday, there were many people who responded to the invitation to receive Jesus, but one in particular... A gentleman's been coming here for, oh, several weeks on and off, and, and every time he would come up to me or come up to somebody else and just say, like, this, that message really spoke to me in this way, but he, he basically said, but I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. And I said, great, I'm glad you're here. Just keep coming. Just keep your heart open. And, and last Sunday, uh, he gave his life to the Lord, which is amazing. The power of the gospel, the power of the gospel. And, and I saw him afterwards and his eyes were completely different. His countenance was completely different. You know, when the Bible says you, we truly are born again, we become new, right? There's just something happens in somebody's spirit um, when they make this decision to follow Jesus. But, but here's the interesting thing. So as Christians, how many people have never, even after you've given your life to Jesus, have never done anything wrong? There's no hands. So there's good people who still do bad things. Just because you're a Christian, there's still sinful things that, that, that can happen in our lives. Just like you ask the question, well, how, how are there pro how's there prosperity, good things happening for people who don't know Jesus? Like they could be following Satan, and yet it seems like their life is prospering. Right? So, so you can have... Good people doing bad things, and you can have bad people doing good things. And, and so we can't just judge based on, on Christian or not Christian. And so let me read Jesus' interpretation, and then, and then we're going to talk about how it applies to us. And it could be, could we be living in two worlds at the same time, and we have to make some decisions in our life uh, in the kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness that are going to help us. By the way, in interpretation of Scripture, it's really important to understand the whole context of the Bible, not just take little parts and pieces. And so I have some other Scriptures that I want to share with us today that, that are going to help us interpret. And even though Jesus does a phenomenal job, this was initially done, uh, written in Greek, 
and then translated into English using those Greek words. And so when you actually go into some of those Greek words, there's multiple meanings of those Greek words. And I think this is where I'm, I'm asking for some permission to use some of those original Greek words to bring some other possibilities to this account. So then Jesus goes on to explain the parable of the weeds. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, or Jesus. The field is the world. And, and I would say the field, I mean, he just doesn't throw seeds to the world on the ground, right? We're talking about human beings. So the world is people, and, and they're sowing seed. And we know that it's not just people, it's also the heart, going back to the parable of the sower, right? What soil is the seed landing on? And so he's casting the seed into the hearts of human beings. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sun of the kingdom or the sons of daughters of the kingdom or the good seed should be is the sons of the kingdom. In other words, all the things that bring the goodness of the kingdom of God, hope, love, joy, there's peace, there's contentment, the things of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil ones. And so that's, that is the, the sons now remembering it could be attributes of um, death, deception, depression. Just think of anything that is just like that begins to s- destroy the human spirit and destroy um, the, the peace and contentment that God wants to give. The harvest is the end of the age. And one of the end of the age might be is it the um, end of this age and for the return of Jesus, or is it the end of when we pass on, when we die? Um, There could be two interpretations of that. And the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be in the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Okay, so it appears like the weeds are going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, which is true, but who or what are the weeds? And then we know that the wheat is brought into um, the storehouse and who or what is the wheat? Uh, when I initially um, would be reading this parable, I always interpreted it as, as people and not necessarily attributes. But I want to share a few other um, scriptures um, with you as a way of context to this and, and hear me out and go on this journey with me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this. According to the grace of God given to me, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, um, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one of him take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone. Everything we do and say and rest upon, it's about Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, or wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, 
Each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it. What day is that? It could be the end of day, judgment day. What day will it be? Just capital D, day. The day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. Okay, here we have fire. So whatever that day is, it's a day that we're coming and we're presenting things with either gold, silver, something of goodness, or hay or straw or wood is going to be going through a fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one of us has done. If the work has anyone, if the work that anyone has built upon foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So here he's saying that there's going to be a judgment, and now he's judging works. Some will get to move on into all eternity and be a part of the kingdom of God, and other works will be burned up by fire. But he's saying it's not an issue of salvation. You will get your salvation, but you will, your works will be judged. Your works will be judged. Now let's um, look upon this other scripture here that, that speaks to this. So again, we realize that there are some works that are not going to make it, and there's some works that will make it. Now, Matthew chapter 6 Says, talks about these rewards or these treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, you can turn there with me if you are so inclined or take some notes. And by the way, I would encourage you, a lot of these scriptures are going to be in our study notes that will be produced by, um, by this evening and then will be published on their website. And, and they're really important. Just go under sermons, click them. It's really, if you want to dig in deeper to this stuff, I can only give you a, uh, a peripheral view uh, on the few minutes that I have. But here he goes on. He starts in, in Matthew chapter 6, and he goes on to saying, talking about giving to the needy. Um, he says, um, there are certain people, so let me just read some of these. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order they will be seen by them. For when you do, there'll be no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So reward, no reward. Good works or works are going to be burned up. Then he goes on to say, um, but when you give and you give in secret, there's a reward. Something is going to pass on to you, a reward that's going to be giving. Talking about the Lord's prayer. And he says, like, when you go in, into the streets and, and proclaim publicly and make a big scene about how you pray, there's no reward. But the, when you pray in secret, there's a reward. Then he goes on, he goes, this is where our Father, our Father in heaven, how be your name, he goes on talking about, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. There's evidence to saying kingdom is to be lived here now. Right, Jesus' prayer, then he goes on to fasting. He's talking about if you, you know, fasting, look all gloomy. It's like, woe is me, I'm fasting today. I've been fasting for years, for, not years, <laughs> you'd be dead. <laughs> I've been fasting for days now. Oh, look at me, poor me. And there's no reward for that. But you, when you fast, put water on your face. Look, don't, don't let people know you're fasting. Just do it because you're doing it for the Lord. And he says there's a reward in that. And then it goes on about talking about the, the things that we should be, uh, our, the soulish things. Like don't, don't be anxious for anything but in everything, prayer, supplication. But he says, he's really talking about soul, body, and spirit in these in this latter um, verses. But he's saying, he's saying take, 
take notice. Take notice and wake up. There's a place that says, wake up, O sleeper. Oh, this is a good one. We got we to gotta read this one. Wake up, O sleeper. This is Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. So the interesting thing, when, when the, an original parable is spoken, remember, parable is just a story. It's not, real, it's not the reality. He's, he's saying something to make a point. He's talking about when the enemy comes and casts the seed. When does he do it? He does it when they're sleeping, right? The, the parable goes on to say, so when, when they were sleeping, the enemy snuck in and cast the, wrong, or the bad seed, and, and this is the, wake up, O sleeper, right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, says this. I'm going to start in verse, verse 10. I'm going to start just at the beginning of this verse. I have time. Verse 5, chapter 5, sorry, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, no swearing. If you saw my article I posted this week about swearing... It doesn't say there. It says crude joking, but read that article about swearing, <laughs> which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous or is an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. He's actually talking about the kingdom of God, and he's talking about inheritance. He's talking about the things that get to pass from this life to the next, or this world to the next, or the things that get stored up. We have rewards that Jesus tells us about, right? We, there's some things that are going to move on when we, whatever the day is, and then some things that are not going, they're going to get burnt up, and, and here's some things that are going to get burnt up, and then I'm going to bring us back here. So all those things. It says, no, walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in what is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If there is anything I want you to take away from this message today is that line. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you woke up every day and say, God, how do I discern what is pleasing to you? I will guarantee you, you're going to bring things, rewards with you. You're going you're to live in the heaven today now and be in the kingdom of light not in the kingdom of darkness walk as children of the light for the fruit of the light is found in what is good and right and true try to discern what is pleasing to the lord take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them that's why the bible says confess your sins one another is very healing and freeing when you can share those things that the enemy has been trying to steal kill and destroy and you bring it to the light expose them for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when everything is exposed by light, it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible to light. Therefore, it says, wake up, O sleeper. Can you say, wake up? Wake up. wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk in wine, for that's debauchery. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the other thing I would say. Wow, be filled with the Holy Spirit. For us, discernment is requiring us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, I want to be filled by your presence. Yes, you, you, you have his Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus, but I do believe the Spirit leaks. We need to keep asking for the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father in his name, our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. Okay. So we built a case to understand there's rewards. We understand there's things going to burn up. We understand there's the things that are going to be out of gold and silver. There's righteous things. Those um, deeds we do in darkness, because we've all agreed we've done things we're not proud of, right? As Christians, we have sinned as Christians. Deeds of darkness, right? And those things will not have the ability to pass from this life to the next, whatever the day is. So if we go back to this scripture in Matthew, in Jesus' interpretation, think about the wheat and the weeds, not as people, but as our deeds, or as our actions, or as our thoughts, the things that are either done for the kingdom of light, or the things that are done for the kingdom of darkness. Now let's read this again. The one who sows a seed is the son of man, Jesus. The field is the world, our hearts. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom, the, the things that would produce life in the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, right? The father of lies. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and whether it's, there's going to be a, an account of our lives, at the end of this life or the great white throne judgment when Jesus returns. Um, just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of the kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers. Now, this is where the Greek has room for interpretation. Because we say all causes of sin, that one we can do. All, all the things that are sin, not sinners. It says all causes of sin. All the things that the enemy and its, its demons have caused in your life to sin. All those sinful things. But then we get back into here and all lawbreakers. Now that sounds like it's people. But what if we actually interpreted it, which the Greek allows us to interpret this way, that all laws that have been broken. So all sinful acts, all the laws that we have broken, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. So remember, our, as representatives of Jesus, our, our hope and our goal is to represent him as ambassadors that our light would shine bright. And what happens, what sin in our life does? It diminishes the brightness of our life. The reality is we carry tarnishes, tarnished things in our heart and might not be fully bright and shining until the day we meet Jesus face to face. And so could it be that he, the, the parable of the wheat and tares is this, 
that, that he is looking for righteous deeds from us. There are rewards attached to it. So how we live today carries something forward to the future. But we can live in the kingdom here and now, but there's going to be a reward in heaven for us. We can live in this, be people of the light, not people of the darkness. But the things we've done in darkness, thankfully, through Jesus Christ, they will be gathered and thrown into the lake of fire. That you, your sins will not be counted against you. It, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. So we think that at some point in time that, that we just say, okay, well, our sin's not counted against us because of Jesus Christ. But the reality is we still have sinned as knowing Jesus Christ, and we can carry that to meeting him face to face. And we're saying, but that is going through a process of a fire that's going to get burned up. And the good news is those deeds, they get to go to hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I'm not saying that every person is going to, um, to heaven. I'm saying there's still the decision part that apart from Jesus, you will not spend eternity with, with God. Apart from Jesus. Jesus is the one that has the ability to allow us to enter the kingdom of God and, and to have this, this relationship with our Father. But apart from, see, Jesus said, he says, the separation of the sheep and goats. We know there's a separation. He also said that, and the worship team can come up now. And he also said, I know you're feeling like I'm going to land the plane. I'm landing. I am. I'm finishing up. It's going to come fast. We're going to go for a crash landing, but we're all going to survive. This is good. There's going to be a separation of sheep and goats. Jesus said, when, when people would come to him, Jesus, didn't we do all these things in your name? And Jesus says, depart me from me. I never knew you. Right? There's this relationship that he wants us to have, but I do believe that he's saying there's room for this. I'm not saying this is like we have to, but I'm saying there's room for understanding. And what is, why is that important for us to know? Because I think it's important for us to know that, that what we do here and now matters. What we do here and now matters. It's not like, hey, I just made a decision. That there's things that we want to show up like, so we want a bushel of, of wheat or weeds, seeds. Do we want to, what's, the, what are, what's our life harvesting? And, and by the way, when we, so we carry these bushels with us and all of a sudden we go through the fire, right? Whatever the holiness fire is, I don't know what it looks like, but we walk through, we're not going to be burned up, but we're carrying the things and what gets, what do we still carry? Is it all going to be burned up and then we just are left like, here I am, Jesus, I don't really have anything for you, but... And this is why when he says the rewards, it says, so there will be hay, wood, stubble, and there will be gold, silver. He says, but you will be saved, but what are you bringing with you? And he's, and he's saying, as, as you get free, and as you've come to Christ, and as you've made the decision for Jesus, as you walk in righteousness and, and looking to redeem this broken world, that we have a plan, he has a plan and a purpose for us, we get to produce a harvest and we're carrying these bushels of, of produce or whatever it is that, that, we're, that we're producing because seeds will always produce something. So if you've got sin in your life, it's going to produce something. And he's saying, saying, don't let that grow. Don't keep feeding it. But if you've got righteousness in your life, keep feeding that because if you've got peace in your life, keep feeding that. If you've got love in your life, keep feeding that because that's going to produce something. And you get to bring these, these bushels of things through the fire. I don't know why that sounds like fire to me, but it's like, feel like something burning up, like furnace, right? And, and he's saying, yeah, that stays, that stays your reward in heaven. 
That gets burnt up. That gets burnt up. And it actually gets not only burnt up, but it actually will continue to live in the place. And I believe that, that, that the demonic and hell is very real. And I think the places of that, those, those things produce life, whether goodness or, or bad, and, and it, they live on. But the good thing is, remember the, the, the scripture says, I think it's Old Testament, that he casts our sin from the east, from the west. And so what Jesus is doing is he's, he's casting that away. And so why? So when we come into heaven, all he sees is a pure and spotless bride, a pure and spotless person. That's why we, the, in Revelation, it talks about our white robes, right? We get to, we've gone through the fire and we, we, we not only have our white robes, but we're we're carrying our crowns, we're carrying the things, our righteousness before the Lord and presenting him something. The kingdom is to be lived here and now, but it's to be lived in such a way, understanding that your life is producing something. What seeds are you watering and feeding? Are you discerning the, the times? Are you discerning what is being planted into your heart? Because are you awake? Because there is not only, there's two kingdoms, right? There's a kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. And I believe that, that we could, if we're not careful, straddle both worlds. And, the, and while we're sleeping, the enemy's he's casting seeds in our life. Instead, we need to step out and we just say like, no, 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 I'm not feeding that. I'm not, I'm not giving myself into that. I want to produce these things that I can present myself, not only myself, but these works before the Lord that are good and pleasing to him, that are going to present something of worth to him. What you do today matters. And you have to realize that there's two sowers. Sower of the gospel, sower of righteousness, sower of peace, sower of love, and that's Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit, and then we have the father of lies that his, with his demons are sowing things into your life, but, but do not let it take root. Do not let it take hold. Walk in freedom, walk in light. Be doers of the word. Peace, hope, joy, faith, goodness, gentleness, and so much more. I won't keep going. All right, let's pray. Lord, I am just so grateful for today. I'm grateful that your word instructs us that, that what we do today matters, that we get to live in the kingdom of, of heaven today, that we're producing something for eternity today. Lord, let us be mindful of the, of the two sowers that are sowing. Let us receive what it is that your, your spirit is sowing in our life. Let us be discerning. Let us wake up, O sleeper. Let us understand that as, a, as the enemy is trying to sow um, rotten seeds that will produce rotten things in our life, that will produce um, despair, depression, hopelessness, hate, envy, jealousy, lust, let us guard our hearts above all else. Keep our hearts soft and tender to the things of your spirit. Let us discern those things and let us walk in them. Let us do the good works that you've called us to do. Let us be um, attentive to the redemptive work that you've called us into. Let us see with our spiritual eyes. Let us not feed the flesh, but let us feed the spirit. Let us 
put the lordship of you, Lord Jesus, over our soul, that our mind, will, and emotions would come underneath your lordship, Jesus. We're grateful for who you are. Father, is anybody here today that has not given their life to you, Lord Jesus, that they have realized that they don't have the power to overcome the, the enemy, that they want to have you, Lord Jesus, represent them, that, that give them the strength and the courage and the power to overcome the sin of this world. If there's anybody here, they just need to simply in their heart say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have been wrong. I, I, I want to repent. I want to turn the other way. I want to do it your way. I know I'm going to struggle, but I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to try to do it your way, Jesus, because your way brings life and hope and peace. Father, thank you for forgiving us, your son, Jesus, to not only go to the cross, but three days later raise from the grave to show that he is truly the one who can conquer death and gives us life forevermore. We're grateful for that. Plant this, these words deep into our hearts. Help us live them out with courage and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.